You may have figured out by now that in reality, I'm a big self-help fan in as much as, you know, I've pretty much absorbed, read, listened to, watched, participated in every kind of self-help book, CD, program, seminar, etc. that I've pretty much ever encountered. You know, it's hard for me not to walk by a stack of books without stopping to peruse. And if I see something reminiscent of self-help, new age, spirituality, Buddhism, anything along that those lines, I've always had this innate innate attraction. You know, these things have always held an innate attraction for me. Now that being said, this is true of everyone. This is true of everyone. You know, so on the one hand, you are you. And the thing that you call I, whatever else can be said about it, I think most people would agree with the statement that, let's say your soul, would you call it your soul or the thing you call me or I? Most people, at least spiritual people, people, you know, inclined towards spirituality, um, would agree with the concept or notion that the thing that you call I is beyond time. It's beyond space. It's beyond, it transcends materialism. The thing that you call I is not your nails, right? It's not your skin. It's not your veins and your internal organs. The thing that you call I which you might call your soul, if you're spiritual. If you're not spiritual, you might call your mind. But there is something that you identify with as being you. Now, this thing is what it is, right? So that's one take on, on, on the whole you know, theory of self-help. The theory of self-help is that you can apply a certain mode of thinking, as it were, apply a certain mode of thinking in order to define your attitude, in order to cultivate the right habits, etc., in order to recreate your image of yourself vis-a-vis -vis this world and thereby progress and make a better world for yourself and for others, the concept of self-help on the one hand says that you can learn or change something about yourself but on the other hand you know people understand once again that whatever you call me yourself is beyond time space etc ergo it doesn't change it's like saying the human spirit is indomitable so you've got these two paradoxical kind of positions on the one hand, 
can you change yourself? And what does this mean? You know, if there's a thing called a soul and you're looking at it from a spiritual perspective and it's beyond time and space, then it cannot be changed. How can it be changed if it's beyond time and space? I mean, on the other hand, let's look at it from a materialistic perspective and look at it in terms of you've got a thing called your mind. You know, is it mind or soul, this thing called self, right? You've obviously got a brain. There's thoughts in the brain. But the thing called self, the thing called self is a very, is a very peculiar thing. The Quran says something along the lines of, well, Muhammad, they ask you about the soul. Say to them, Muhammad, that the soul is of the affairs of God, of which you have been given but a little bit of knowledge. And unfortunately or fortunately, that's the quandary I find myself in, which is why I have quoted the Quran. I'm a very conservative Muslim, a Shia, practicing Shia, pray five times a day, and I've got a mark on my forehead to prove it, and all this kind of stuff, right? You know, a deep believer, as it were, <laughs> a man of God, as it were. In any case, the only reason I quoted the Quran just there was simply to validate my conundrum in talking about the nature of I. You see, once again, people are all into self-help, and that includes me, right? So this whole podcast is kind of coming in through the back door. You know what? I'm doing it for myself at this point. I've written enough unpublished books, and I've got enough you know, unread blog articles and websites and projects and YouTube videos that I've realized that the only point in doing something is if you enjoy it. And that's really the end of the story. I was saying to my beautiful wife the other day, we were driving to Banff, Banff, B-A-N as in Nancy, double F as in Frank. <laughs> it's a kind of ski resort town in the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, about an hour and a half to two hours out of Calgary in the province of Alberta in Canada. Anyway, we had some errands to run, etc. And my wife brought her jacket with her in the morning, right? So we're separated, obviously. We've been married 15 years. We're inseparable, as it were. It's different as night and day. She's a Colombian Christian. I'm a Pakistani Muslim. Different ages, different backgrounds, different everything. Obviously, opposites attract, right? So she brings her jacket. And I kind of wonder to myself in the morning, she's picking me up and we're going for a drive to run some errands. And I'm wondering why she has a jacket. Because, you know, it's been a pretty hot summer throughout most of Canada. We just moved here from Toronto and uh, moved back here, I dare say, from Toronto. and. Uh, it's been pretty hot in both cities, Calgary and Toronto. And for what it's worth, and if this means anything to any Canadians uh, or people living in Calgary or Toronto that might happen upon this, it's a very strange thing. I, I might be the first person to observe that the weather in Toronto is very similar to the weather in Calgary in, in as much as 
if it's raining in Toronto on a given day, there's a good chance it's raining in Calgary on that very same day, believe it or not, because I used to call home every day from Toronto and talk to my dad. And over time, I realized that the weather patterns were very similar at opposite ends of the country. Very strange, very strange. And, you know, Toronto's not really on the Atlantic coast, and Calgary's not really quite on the Pacific coast. And anyway, there's a bunch of strange weather stuff going on. I'm kind of digressing. My wife and I went and ran some errands, and afterwards, you know, we were both pooped, and, you know, it had been a long day, and she's like, hey, why don't we drive to Banff? And afterwards, she told me it's because, you know, I've been going through so much work-related anxiety, you might want to call it, setting up my new SMMA, Sierra Mary Mary Alpha, social media marketing agency. You know, I've been working on this for the last few months. And I, you know, encourage everyone who's out there listening to this, anyone who listens to this, let me say this to you. If you can use a computer and you are high school educated, you can make money online. That is the fact of that matter. Okay. If you're going to help yourself and, and that might have been the reason you clicked on this, you know, to learn about self-help, then understand that financial help is not negligible in terms of obviously finances play a big role in your life. All I'm saying once again, like they don't, it's been known for a long time by entrepreneurs that they don't teach entrepreneurship in school. They teach you corporate business. They teach you how companies run. That's really what they teach you. And the business, the so-called business or entrepreneurship courses or programs are a joke, a complete joke. They go at it backwards is with a lot of things, you know, that are theoretically based and not really, you know, tested in the fire of reality. You know what? In the forge of reality. In school, they'll say, well, you start with a business plan. And you come up with this great vision and whatnot. And then you go out there and then you find, I guess I said, I essentially would be step two would be you find investors or get a loan from a bank. So the whole emphasis is on this business plan, this mighty business plan. If you write the be best business plan, then you're going to win the day. That's just like saying if you, if you, if you create a demo CD that is good enough, that suddenly you're going to be a rock star overnight. The reality is wrong. You know, it's, it's the same with writing as well. As a, as a writer, I know this. You need a platform and an audience prior to, and results, let's say, prior to anyone giving a hoot about what you've done. There is like tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of and millions of business plans and books and ideas and all these inventions patents all this kind of nonsense the only reason the only reason anyone i.e your investor is going to give a hoot is if someone else has already given a hoot the way you start a band i know this because i went through this in university with someone who knew about starting bands a musical prodigy as it were one of my best friends in life aliyah ginsburg who i dare say is jewish and still one of my best friends and so i just want to negate the 
the Jewish versus Christian versus <laughs> Muslim hate fest right there. There's no such thing, right? You know, and people who are listening to this, if you're listening to this, you probably have black, white, Chinese, Hindu, Muslim, etc., etc., etc. Friends, at the end of the day, it depends on the person you are. Obviously, I have completely digressed, but I'll come back to our trip. My wife and I, in our car, beautiful Jeep, Liberty, my wife's paid for by myself, I dare say. But, you know, she gets everything and she keeps everything. You know, we're separated and I still pay her. I don't need to pay her squat, but I give her whatever I can, whenever I can. And she's always there for me in the same way, right? In any case, not financially, not financially. I might I might as well just say that in Islam, a husband is a husband is obliged to provide for his wife. And every man feels that duty, that this was the woman of your dreams. For me, it's unfortunately a case of broken dreams. And unfortunately of unfulfilled hopes and desires like we wanted to have a kid we wanted to have a normal life but we've had all these crazy adventures for the last 15 years half of which have been amazing adventures <laughs> like traveling around the place and you know staying and living in Colombia for six months living in Seattle and all this kind of good stuff and then unfortunately seven good years and seven bad years just like the parable of Joseph so let me just say that my beautiful wife brought her jacket and I was kind of wondering why she'd done this and she pre-planned the whole thing and we drove to Banff. We drove to Banff. Now, I'll be honest with you, at this point, I have no idea why I even started talking about this other than the fact that I gave her a hard time on the way back and you know I'm thinking about all of this. But we drove out to Banff and we took the back roads. We didn't take uh, the Trans-Canada Highway, Highway 1, which goes all the way, obviously, across Canada. Um, what we did instead was we went uh, through what we took what's called Bow Valley Trail. So starting out in Calgary, it kind of it kind of just runs parallel to Highway One, and it kind of takes a different route to Banff. And anyway, it's a beautiful trip. And once again, I'm not ashamed to say I have no idea why I brought it up, but I hope that I can remember later on what i do recall is the two positions once again so a is the soul or self or what you call i or me is it something that is transcendent like really transcendent does it transcend materialism does it transcend time and space and if so how can you change such a thing right i mean the thing that you call me if you actually think about it, the thing that you call me, it doesn't really seem like it can change, right? Now, on the other hand, on the other hand, the whole promise of self-help, it's like spirituality where they say, well, you know, one day you can be enlightened or like the great Buddha himself said, you know, the cessation of suffering, you know, the cessation of of delusions the cessation of of you know pain you know the cessation of you know all the all the emotional anxiety is it possible to reach a point where you can in a sense just stop stop the part of you that's hurt so much 
and just plug into the part of you that's love and joy and exults in life and, and so on and so forth. Now, the truth of it is this, right? Oh, yes, I understand and I remember why I bring up my wife because I said the same to her in the car. I like giving speeches. I've always liked giving speeches. Uh, um, actually, other than when I was a kid, when I was actually a very shy and um, introverted kid, apparently, I didn't speak ever. And I even remember once guests coming around and asking my parents, what's wrong with him? Doesn't he talk? <laughs> and the funny thing is, you know, I ended up with a career in enterprise sales, working for and selling to Fortune 500 companies, and talking was what I did in a manner of speaking. Although I'll tell you, for all of those sales and marketing people out there, you know that listening is really the art of sales. The art of sales is listening, not talking. The person who's listening is in control the person who's asking questions and listening is in control of the conversation anyway digression upon digression there's two or three things once again i just want to come back to and make as a theme for this episode so a is what you call self is it first of all i might as well restate what i said in the previous episode which is that according to the buddha self doesn't exist now, my own humble view is that there is an I, there's something there, but this something is a channel to, to express, let's say, the infinite creativity of the universe, to keep that as secular as possible. So first question, is the I or me, is it mind or is it soul? You see, if it's soul, then it would seem that such a thing by definition of being spiritual and non-material, transcends time and space and so forth and cannot be changed, therefore. So your essential nature, the thing you call me, it's always been the same, really. You have the same likes, you have the same dislikes, you have the same personality, or is that not the case? Do you change over time? I'll tell you the truth is, what I was saying to my wife, by the way, is most people you know, like talking. And it's said widely that when you're talking, you're not learning. But when you're listening, you are learning. And that's why, you know, some people say, well, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. However, I'd like to state on my own behalf that from my own perspective, talking actually helps me organize my thoughts, right? Because I've always thought about things and talking is one of the ways that I can actually organized thoughts which is why i'm attempting to get through this question of self-help i really want to understand this thing and when i finished episode one the question of the self kind of reared its head and beckoned as an in, as an invitation into a, a a second episode talking about how do you change yourself you know Changing your self-image is one thing. So, like, if your self is mental, think about the fact that the thing that you call me, you can't say where it exists. You can't say that it exists in your body or in your brain or, you know, it's just this thing. It's a thing that's, you know, you. It's You identify it with it, but 
it's no one specific thing. However, putting aside the, the, the soul and spirituality, if you look at it from a mental perspective, then the thing you call I, just think about this for a moment and it will begin to boggle your mind, right? This is why we're drawn to this kind of thinking is because at a certain point, you get your mind blown and you're like, whoa, just think about this for a moment. The thing that you call you and that you identify with is nothing other than a series of labels that you've been fed since you were a kid. You're white or you're brown or you're Chinese or Oriental or East Asian or Caribbean or what have you. You're a certain age, right? You're a certain religion or you're not religious or you're agnostic and at the end of the day there are all these labels now there's a thing called you um and it has this history of words and labels that have been agreed upon by people in general at the very least it's a series of thoughts that you identify with or is it you know this is the question once again because unless you understand what the self is this is this is the whole thing once again in episode one, I, I, I stated, and it is the case, that the more you get involved in this question of the self, or rather, the more you're involved in thinking that is ego-driven, let's say, that revolves around you and your concept of the self, the more you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. Rather, the purpose of life is to go with the flow. There's a great book called Flow. I forget who it's by. And obviously, it's the same thing as being in the zone that athletes talk about, being in the moment, you know, zen uh, and, and so forth. So it's when you actually abandon any thought of yourself that you can actually experience life to the fullest. So you're lost in a beautiful piece of art or a movie or you're hiking in the in the woods like my wife and I like to do and you're just lost in that when you lose your sense of self is when you really feel the most alive this is this is the key to the whole thing by the way and I'll I won't tire of restating it which is why for the most part self-help is you know just adding more baggage to the whole thing However, putting putting that point of view aside, let's say the self, let's put aside the soul and spirituality and let's keep it secular and let's say the self is mental. First of all, if you're not thinking about yourself, then does that I even exist? This is really a question. You know, if you say that your mind and your brain makes up your sense of self, right? Uh, so if you're thinking about that, then that's one thing. But if you're lost in a movie, where's that self at that point? Right? And once again, if it's just mind and a series of thoughts, if that's all you are, then there's no self. There's just thoughts. And what happens when you stop thinking? So let's just put all those deep philosophical questions aside Unfortunately, we're running up on the half-hour mark here shortly, and I didn't really even scratch the surface of the thing. I didn't even scratch the surface of the thing. Once again, the soul or the self is just this profound mystery. 
right? And it's like, how can we even begin to understand how to improve ourselves when we can't even figure out what the self is? And how how can you figure out how to approach it? It's so easy to come at people with platitudes like, oh, think positive, right? And, you know, focus on excellence, and have a vision of your future. And by the way, a lot of this stuff works. <laughs> I'm not going to dismiss it. But on uh, on the other hand, oftentimes it just seems like mean, like meaningless platitudes once again. You know, if you talk to someone who's depressed and you say, oh, you go, you'll snap out of it. That's just nonsense. I mean, I'll talk about positive mental attitude and, and positive thinking in a later episode. And I've always had a problem with that, or at least for the last few years, because once again, you can't think positive. Let's put it this way. You can't think positive if you're in a bad mood. If you're in a bad mood, you're going to think negative thoughts. So is it possible to change your mood? I mean, if you're not even in control of being happy or sad, can you actually change this whole thing called self now? I'll be honest with you, I've skirted around the whole question here again and again repeatedly. What we're trying to arrive at is what is that vision that you have of the ideal you? And does that ideal you exist? I thought that I would entitle this episode, The Real You Doesn't Exist. There is no real you, right? Just along the theme of, of, uh, self-help sucks, right? And that's really my marketing hook to get people to listen to this thing. They'll probably look at it and say, well, this is like some cynical piece of work. Let's see what this fellow has to say and then hopefully be engrossed and riveted by my unparalleled narrative into the art and science and depths of what it is to be alive. Um, <clears throat> in any case, that's probably not going to happen, but we're coming up on on the uh, last couple of minutes here, so I guess I need to set the stage for the next episode. Unfortunately, I haven't really scratched the surface of self, but what we're trying to do is arrive at a version of your life, let's say, which is awesome, right? You feel good about whatever it is that you call yourself. Things are in order, okay? You feel like you're in control. You feel positive you feel happy right and here's the thing the proof is in the pudding when i thought about recording this episode i was like this whole thing is nonsense right because just like i said in episode one i've read so many self-help books right and i've done everything i could from my perspective and i've reached a point where i i i i could be excused perhaps or or you, you might sympathize with a person in my position who's failed at so much and tried so much and tried to improve themselves and they still feel like they're stuck in the in the same rut or, or if not worse but the proof is in the pudding i suddenly remember sam ovens and then i remembered a blogger by the name of jeremy schumacher also known as shoe money you know who blew up the internet by posting a picture of a thousand dollar uh, check from Google for AdSense uh, advertising. Anyway, here's the thing. The point is, Sam Ovens went from this overweight dude, dropped out of the corporate world, living in his parents' basement, and in five years, he's like got a $20 million a year corporation 
sitting at the top of a penthouse in Manhattan. Consulting.com, the world's premier consultant, I dare say. I've taken his course too, I might as well add. And yes, it's amazing, and he's amazing. He's an amazing guy. Soft-spoken, fat dude, total loser mentality, transformed his life. And the point is there are people like that. And so therefore, you can change yourself. I guess this is what it boils down to. You can change yourself. And so, you know, in a way, I feel sad that I couldn't keep up the cynicism of the first episode uh, in this episode. And I was going to go in saying, well, you know what? You are you. There's no best you. There's no super you. You are who you are. You know, how can you change how you feel? But if you think about it, even what you feel changes over time. You used to like comic books. I still like comic books, but you know, obviously your your tastes change. Hey, listen, every atom in your body, as you may know, changes every uh, six months or so. And so, you know, we'll have to get back to it in 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 the in the upcoming episode. I feel like I've spent half an hour talking about nothing. The Quran says that. God does not change your circumstances until you change yourself. But then, as we've just experienced half an hour of talking about the self, and we haven't really even scratched the surface. So I appreciate you listening. If there's anywhere to subscribe or leave comments or give me props, I'd appreciate it. But once again, you know what? You've got to seek knowledge of the self. Know thyself. I mean, I'm attracted to self-help, as I was saying in the beginning. Everyone is because there is a you, there is something there. And if nothing else, it needs to learn and it needs to keep enhancing its experience. Thank you so much once again. Take care and long live freedom for all and peace in the free world.